You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, smart down, and it's called for another foul. Check, Taco. Come on. Taco's, Taco. Taco's having some fun here. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Sam and I are here recording on Tuesday, July 27th. And we are here with longtime friend of the show, Guy Boston Sports Guy, KJ Doyle. How are you doing today, KJ? Welcome back. I'm, I'm doing okay. <laughs> I, just, I feel pretty offended. You, you guys tried to big time me. You know, you were like, oh, oh, we're going to have KJ. I'm just, oh, sorry, KJ. We, we have a Duncan Robinson and, uh, you know, Peyton Pritchard waiting to come on our podcast now that we're verified. <laughs> And you were like, oh, I guess we feel bad, so we'll have KJ on instead. And it's like, these two guys, yeah, you guys don't know. These two guys are big time in me now. <laughs> hey, KJ, I hope you know. If we could get either Duncan Robinson or Peyton Pritchard, you'd be shifted to next week immediately. Well, and I, 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 I would hope you would do the same to us if you could land one of them on your podcast as well. I would hope you would do the same thing. But, uh, no, thank you for joining KJ, us. KJ, I've been there. I've been the odd man out <laughs> without the check mark. It was It was painful. <laughs> It was what, Jack like and Smartwater, and then I was sitting there. I was I was bedridden actually that day. I was so sick. Yeah, so and... it was like Twitter, read my ABC six articles. Like they're right there. They're right yeah, there. I... read them. The ones that I write five sentences, and I that that's the whole article. It's because that's just how news <laughs> is. Or you take stuff from the Associated Press. Like all day, I'm just a copy paste machine, and I find absolute bangers. Which one did I find today? Florida man. Um, shows oh, off gun at bar man. and any accidentally shoots himself was one. Florida man my goal, tries my to walk on water. For, my goal since coming down here is not to be a Florida man. So it's as long as I avoid that fate, I've succeeded in my mind. Um, you should expose the Florida men and give me the scoop and be like, listen. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I got to give you an exclusive. I, I, you want me to just go around with a camera and like try to, you know, just find anyone doing anything? It's like, yeah, uh, yeah just. Uh, <laughs> what are you yeah. doing right now? Shut yeah. it right in their face. Yeah, oh, man, I'm getting gas. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, uh, yeah, the, 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 the AP, yeah, shout out to the AP, AP's a boss, I love the AP. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us once again, KJ. As Sam was saying before we hit the record button here, in the dog days of summer here, uh, we have the draft on Thursday what with the Boston mean, Celtics. What does by the way? What is the dog days? What it means it's brutal. Down it, in the it, dumps. It has got to the time no where idea. it is a struggle to put out content because, I, we we are getting over the hump this week though. Next next time we record, we're gonna have a lot to talk about. We're gonna have a new player on the team, uh, draft pick maybe, uh, but we'll be talking about that. We'll have summer league soon to talk about. We'll have free agency August first, which is Sunday. Sunday's August first, so we'll yeah, have free agency coming up. We have a busy week. This is gonna be the last uh, podcast that we don't really have content for. Hopefully, I hope so. I, I don't like even not then. Content. We got some stuff. <laughs> And right, we, for for you, KJ, the hottest hottest period of the year reckoned into antiquity from the heliacal rise of Sirius, the dog star. So it's like an astronomical. Yeah. Oh, I hear that. Song, <laughs> but I just feel like it has different meanings. You know, it's like you're right. It does because they'll say it for everything. They'll say it for yeah. basketball. Like in in like March, it's the dog days of the season. It yeah, just means it's. Like, it's, what are you, what, it's like what are you talking about? Everybody's like, sick of the way things are, are going. 
That's maybe what it is. It, do you think it? I don't. I just don't know how with it. But a dog has to do with it because it's like if you're. <laughs> it, does that have something to do with you know dogs? Time is supposed to pass differently for dogs. You know the whole thing of like one year for a human, seven years for a dog, or a dog perceives time ten times slower. KJ, know, are anyway, we matching right now? Oh, I got the yeah. I got, we got the headbands. It doesn't. I just have the NBA logo. On oh, it, it has. The, yours is cooler than mine. Um, but uh, I will say that um, as far as the content stuff, you're absolutely right. I've been scrounging for content all month, it feels like. It's like something please happen. Like I'm digging up, you know, fake trades and just like, what do you guys yep. think of this one? Like it's like, you know, just that's pretty much what I've been uh, I've been lowered to tweet about is like just random like <laughs> Ricky Rubio, anybody? Like who's into it? People love that. <laughs> Jack's been killing like it Ricky. on the Bannertown account with the – all the content. Oh, they people love people love speculation. It. They yeah. love speculation. That's how oh, it works. I this is one of the few periods of the year where I'm I'm grateful to cover more than one team because it means I don't have to talk about the same things over and over again. I can kind of you know branch out every once in a while. But right. Celtics well, I, do I have feel that way about the real quick. I feel that way about the sport because like this, this M- yeah. the MLB stuff right now. And I and not to plug myself, but I have an MLB podcast coming out tonight too with uh, Zach Grady, friend of the pod. He's from Mets. Uh, Mets guy is really good. And um, I had him on to talk about uh, MLB trade deadline, and that stuff is juicy, man. That stuff is getting re- like this MLB trade deadline season. It. Yeah, this stuff is getting good. So uh, you know, might be one of the most star-powered deadlines that I've I've seen in a while. So that's good. But the the NBA, like, I need some draft stuff, man. Like, I need yeah. I need some stupid shy trade to happen. I need like the, <laughs> the Thunder just trading all those picks to get Evan Mobley. I need the the Warriors doing something besides trading for Bradley Beal with their picks. Like, anything else they want to do is fine by me. Like, you know, I want some crazy stuff to happen. Hey, something's got to happen. There's too many rumors for nothing to happen at the draft, which is this Thursday. And I do want to get into some prospects. But before that, like you mentioned, Bradley Beal rumors are getting, you know, pretty hot recently. Uh, Reportedly, he is considering requesting a trade. There's a little bit of a short list there. You know, Celtics, Heat. Uh, Warriors 76ers, I've also seen the Hawks somewhere in there, which I, I don't think would be a bad fit. Obviously, uh, from Boston, this is Celtics podcast, you know, you want him to come to Boston, but not at the expense of Jalen Brown. I think we'd all be in agreement with that. I think that's a lateral move at that point, especially considering Jalen Brown's 24, Bradley Beal's 28, 29. So it, it's just not worth, worth giving up that future. That being said... If Bradley Beal comes out and said, hey, I want to play for Boston, anywhere else I go, I'm not re-signing, it, it kind of forces the Wizards' hands, right? Because no one's going to pay for him, uh, unless you're the Celtics, if he's just going to be a free agent next year and he's not going to re-sign there. So if, if that does become the case, again, more speculation here, what's the package you're going to give up for Bradley Beal in that scenario? So I, I said this on Twitter. I said that the, exactly what you just said, the whole thing of like, you need Bradley Beal to basically say, I... I only want to go to Boston, do what Anthony Davis did and do what, you know, all these other stars do. So, I mean, that's, that's really the move. And if I'm the Celtics and like I'm negotiating with the Wizards and this is what it takes, I'm giving up everything that's not Brown and uh, Brown or Tatum pretty much. And here's why. And, and, and I'll talk about maybe the one player I would like to hold on in that possibility. But I understand the whole thing of like, well, you know, you could just potentially sign Beal next offseason. Well, if they want to do that, they're going to have to clear pretty much everything off their books besides Brown and Tatum anyway. So, like, and you're not going to be able to have any salary on your roster. So if you, the, your only options, if you want Beal, are trade for him with the Wizards or trade all of your players for picks because you can't have any salary coming back in to make the room for him. So I see no reason why if you don't have to give up Brown, 
you make the move now, you do the trade, and again, I give up five picks, Rob Williams, Smart, Thompson, Neesmith, Romeo, whatever they want. The only guy, and I would, I would, I would want to hold on to him so bad, would be Peyton Pritchard. And I know this is funny because I've talked about trading Peyton Pritchard. The Peyton Pritchard <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> but like, but right now with the state of the point guard position for them, it's just like if you're making this trade for Beal and you trade Pritchard away and you trade Smart away, then like, wh- who's it going to be? And I even did some like research on this already, and like the best option for them if they do this is like. TJ McConnell in free agency for an exception or something like that, or or like maybe Derek Rose, like it may, and maybe like that's a, even a, seems like a pipe dream. Like it is slim pickings for going to be slim pickings for them. And overall, I don't have many gripes about you don't oh if you trade all this stuff for Beal, you don't have depth. I don't care. Players will come. You can fill it out. You know, get Beal, Brown, and Tatum together, and you can fill it out with whoever. And you'll have Horford there too, and that's going to be good. Okay, you might even be able to hold on to Moses Brown. Who knows? But and you'll have Jabari Parker would be. Um, but the, that thing with the point guard, it just creates such a huge hole. And what I think is one of the most stacked, if not the the most stacked, the most elite position in the NBA has the most elite players, and you would just be like have nothing at that position. And can Beal play a little point? Maybe, but like you don't want him there much at all. So it it to me, that's the one player I'd like. If I can hold on to Pritchard, I I really would love to. But for the most part, I'm team trade whatever you have to for Beal. Give him the house. Who cares? And just get it done. Yeah. To to follow, I mean, me, I don't like trades. I mean, but to follow your point, you're right in terms of giving everything up minus Brown doesn't really matter because it's kind of what you have to do either way. You def- If you're going to do a trade, you've got to make sure you do it at draft night or, or before free agency because free agency hits, you've got a big three per se. You're more appealing to these guys on veteran contracts to give you that depth that you said. People are like, oh, you don't have that. And if they do keep Pritchard around in that hypothetical, it's perfect for him. He has very little pressure on him. He is the fourth option on the floor. He doesn't have a whole lot expected of him. It's a good place for him to grow as a player and learn from those guys. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And talk about, by the way, like a perfect guy to put next to those guys. Like if you want shooters next to Brown and Tatum, how about Beal and Pritchard? Because like Beal, obviously we know his prowess as a shooter, but Pritchard, Again, I, I always tout this, like, second in Celtics franchise history and three-point percentage right now. Like, Pritchard would be great. So, talk about great floor spacing, especially with Al Horford at the five. And just everything you would want in that lineup, that would be great. And, but, and again, you're absolutely right about the free agency thing. And I didn't even think of that. But, yeah, if you're going to get those veterans that are going to come in, then this trade has to happen, like, now, like, tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably unlikely, which is kind of the unfortunate thing. I agree. I agree. And I think at that point, if you have Beal, Tatum, and Brown, as much as it hurts, I think you look to move Horford at that point. Because if you have Horford on that roster, you have, what, three $30 million guys and Horford for 25? Like, at that point, I would trade him. I don't care for what. You just need that salary to fill out the roster. Start Moses Brown if you have to. Moses Brown isn't, like, close to the player Al Horford is. I'm not trying to say that. But, but, then, I, but I, Jack, if you do that, then you – like it's not like you're getting salary cap space. You have to get those pieces for Horford, and then like, can you can you do that? You know? 
No, I'm talking you trade him like if the Be- this is all if the Beal move magically happens in the next two days, right? Because that right. that would set you up for free agency, right? Because if you don't trade Horford, you can't resign Fournier. You lose yeah, Fournier, and trade, I think if you get Beal at all. Well, okay, yeah, so the Fournier thing, yeah, that's that's a big one. Because but that would be the only guy. Because if you trade Horford and you know again like just dump him, I guess, and attach picks or whatever, would you have any picks left to attach? I don't know. But if yeah. you do that, if you if you trade Horford. Then you're still you 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 know you still are are over the the cap so yeah. you don't have your exceptions anyway so I just you know I personally would probably just hold on to Horford and hope to sign minimum guys and and that's what it is and that's what you're gonna have to deal with especially because I I think that like with the way that your depth is gonna be weakened like Horford's a nice little veteran guy to have out there with players that you know could be lesser players worse players to kind of hopefully help facilitate your offense, make players better. Like he's one of the guys that you would hope on the team that you look at and say, he can make some guys better, but just by the way he plays the game. So I, I hope that it would work out that way. It would be very expensive. And I, is that right that you think, I don't know if we can know the financial stuff on this for sure, but in a hypothetical world where they make this trade for Beal and they still have Horford on the books, is there like, no way they can re-sign Fournier. Would they absolutely be hard capped? There's no way they could bring him in still. I think it would be extremely, extremely tough. Because as of now, I mean, I'm looking at trades, and if you even take in like nine million, I, I remember I was talking to our, our friend Tim the other day, and um, if you take in like nine million dollars, like you trade Smart and it, it was like Smart Thompson for Brogdon and Turner, right? The money works, but that means you can only sign. 48 for 13 million a year and at that point it's just like you're capped you're capped and you'd still have to get rid of two million past that so i think if you have beal come in for 30 million you get rid of what thompson smart would be in that deal that's 22 plus a bunch of young guys that'll round it up near 30 i guess you could realistically still sign fournier but again it's gonna have to be around 15 million and in my opinion this can be another topic of discussion i think a team out there is gonna overpay for fournier this offseason he's one of the only you know elite shooters at the wing position this offseason plenty of teams have cap space you look at a team like the knicks they're just itching to make the playoffs again they're gonna overpay you get you got the heat if lowry doesn't you know sign with them they need wing depth they need shooters desperately they're going to make an offer you know the the Mavericks they're going to resign Tim Hardaway Jr but past that they need shooters around them you just got so many teams with plenty of cap space to overpay Evan Fournier this offseason I think it's going to be tough in general for the Celtics to resign him unless obviously if he goes no I want to stay in Boston he's going to sign here but it's just you get really pressed up against that salary cap really fast that I think it's tough to you know maneuver and i don't think beal's coming to boston you know at least now maybe they sign him next offseason but i don't think a trade is gonna happen (laughs) i think the signing is the most likely thing i'm with jack i agree i don't i don't see him giving the house for him right now that being said beal does have that short list though right the sixers you know miami the warriors and realistically I think a couple of those teams, at the very least, have a much more enticing package than the Celtics could possibly offer without giving up Brown. If Brown is included in that deal, which I don't think he should be, I think the Celtics have the best package. But without him, I think they have maybe the worst, maybe second worst, because I don't think the Heat's package is very good either. I think the Warriors have the best chance to land Bradley Beal. That's my opinion. Will it happen? I don't know. But yeah, yeah Warriors have a so, bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah. What do you think, and, KJ? And so- so a couple of things. One, I will say that I think you're right about him signing next offseason. It feels more likely. But in my head, I think, like I said, I just go back to the thing of 
for the, from a Celtics standpoint, you you can't have Marcus Smart on the team anyway. You if if you wanted Bradley Beal, you couldn't resign Fournier. I agree. Next I agree. You resign Fournier. This you need to save all your cap space. You can only sign guys to one year deals, whatever whatever you have you. You might have to wave and stretch Horford at that point, or, or find another team to take him and throw us out the door. Like under us, I just think for a lot of reasons, it actually makes more sense for the stability for this of the Celtics for the group around Beal, Tatum, and Brown to trade for him this this offseason. And the Fournier thing, I also agree. I think that it's going to be very tough to, to find, you know, uh, a way to re-sign him because there are so many teams around the league that you look at and they're going to look at Fournier and say, you know, that's that's like a good third or fourth scorer that we don't have to pay max money. And this guy can still get you, you know, 16, 17, up to 20 a night. So as a you know, with the Mavericks, you're talking about maybe a second scoring option on some nights. Like, absolutely, to get that guy like that on a, you know, a deal that's going to be a, what you said, which is like half of what max money would be. Absolutely, I think he'll have a big market, and it's going to be a real challenge if Boston wants to keep him. Um, the Beal stuff, though, it is it is interesting because it feels like all of this stuff is coming together so fast. And I, I, I was thinking to myself the other day, like jokingly in my head, like. You know, we've gotten to the point in the NBA where it's not like, okay, this guy wants a trade. Where is he going to go? It's like, okay, this guy might want to trade. He might want to trade. So if he did request a trade, where do we think he should go? And all this stuff, it's like, okay, guys, you know, uh, uh, let's see. Joel Embiid, he doesn't want to trade, but, like, these are his preferred destinations. This is where, you know, he wants – this is where he wouldn't ought to be. This is what the packages he could possibly go. Like, it's just funny. that Like, that's the nice logical stuff. Bradley Beal hasn't even requested a trade yet. Damian Lillard hasn't even requested a trade yet, whatever. And, like, all these packages, it's all we're talking about is trade for them, where they're going to go, all this stuff. And it's just, it's it's funny that it's gotten to this point. And I don't know if it's it's because, you know, these guys are, it's, these guys, there's really smoke there and there really might be a trade that goes on with these guys. Or if it's because we've gotten so used to this world in the NBA where every star wants to move. Every offseason, there's big players moving around that we we just kind of fall into this thing of like who's next who's the guy let, let and we need to talk about some star that's disgruntled and wants to move like that's that's what I, i'm thinking about in my head right now it's very sad very sad reality we live in um it's tough oh man what the hell did i want to say um i i'm not i'm not over the moon on beal either because here's the issue i have one they're gonna have to go up a lot regardless if they sign him or trade for him, right? Is he necessarily the best fit beside these guys? He's a he's a dominant scorer. Tatum's a dominant scorer. Brown, when he's really been at his best, has been a shot creating dominant scorer. So you got three of those guys. It's not impossible, but he's also getting up there in age. He's 28, which isn't overly old, but he's getting there. When if he's a free agent or you're going to resign him, it'll be twenty nine thirty, and you're going to have to throw a lot of money at him. So you're putting yourself in a tough spot betting on that. I think when you have that much talent, and obviously the Nets didn't work out this year, you can point to injuries. I'm not taking away from the Bucks playoff run before I receive you know threats in the replies. The Bucks did an amazing job, but they got hurt. The Nets got hurt. That's just a fact. You can't sit there and tell me the Nets didn't get hurt. I'm not saying the Bucks didn't deserve it, but the Nets got hurt. And I think at this point in the NBA, 
if you have the chance to acquire uh what what are we saying beals top 15 top 20 at the very you know top, least top 20 top 25 yeah i would say probably, top 20 probably all right top 20. still when, when you got a chance to have three of the top what 30 35 players in the nba you take that you you, right. you got to at this point like that's how the nba works if you have the chance to acquire talent you get the talent you figure it out from there and that hasn't always worked out right and sometimes it doesn't but when you have the chance to acquire you do it and you go from there so okay. and i agree and i'll say this if there's any team that's best equipped to have three scores like that it is the celtics because look at what their team was um 2 seasons ago okay you had Four guys that were, you know, elite scorers. You had Gordon Hayward, you had Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Okay, and all, or sorry, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum is what I'm saying. I was gonna say. Um, okay, so so you can leave Marcus uh, there. He was guys who three of those guys are over 20. One of those guys over over 17. So I feel like because of the way Brown and Tatum have both been kind of brought up, for lack of a better term, uh, developed with the Celtics, is they've always been surrounded pretty much throughout their time with the Celtics, other than maybe last year, is they've always been surrounded with a number of other guys that would be considered elite scorers or, you know, high-level scorers, all this stuff. So they're used to playing with those other players that they need to also get the ball, share the ball with, and have, you know, have, you know, averaging over 20 points per game. So if we look at what they were able to do uh, a couple seasons ago uh, with their team and have three guys averaging over 20 and another averaging over 17. And you kind of delegate uh, Gordon Hayward's points elsewhere. And you just hope that all those guys can average around, you know, somewhere between 22 and 25. And it seems impossible because we've had a lot of big threes over the years where someone has to sacrifice. Chris Bosh has to sacrifice. Kevin Love has to sacrifice, you know, whoever you want to say, but it feels like, you know, when the Nets were all together, when Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Kevin Durant were all healthy in that first round, they made it work. And it feels like the Celtics have made it work at times. So I think if you bring all those three guys together, especially if you're giving up Marcus Smart, who, by the way, takes a good amount of shots for the team and have like zero depth beyond that, zero other scores, and you're going to rely on those guys night in and night out to drop you 22, 23 plus, I think you can have all of those guys on the same team without a situation where you're saying, this guy's unhappy because he's not getting enough shots and he's not getting the shine. I think they can pull it off. Well, I think so yeah. too. And to your point, uh, you know, Brown and Tatum have dealt with that already. They've they've been in the um, the background, out of the spotlight. Beal has been behind John Wall, if you will, when he was the star. Yeah. So it's a yeah. great point. Jeez, uh, man, that's brutal. A great point. <laughs> Voice crack. And, and by uh, the way, Beal, Beal I think when Beal was behind Wall, uh, he was a little unhappy. I think he wanted to be the guy a little bit. But now Beal has gotten a taste of what life is like kind of by himself. <laughs> and he's had Russell Westbrook at times, but at other times he hasn't over the last few years here. And he's gotten to average 30, and he's gotten to be one of the highest scorers in the NBA. And guess what? One of the years, you know, you, you get left off some all-NBA teams, some all-star teams, whatever, and people don't respect you because you're not winning. So – He's gotten that taste of like, I'm the guy, but I can't do anything because I don't have the talent around me, which to me, this experience for him would make him more applicable to accepting a role where like, hey, you know what? I'm only averaging 20 to 22 points per game, but we're winning. I'm in the spotlight. I'm getting some shine. I'm still an all star. But, you know, hopefully that's what the idea would be and all this stuff. And uh, we might win a championship. Like, we have the best shot I've had to win a championship in my entire career. I'm playing with my friend Jason Tatum. I feel like for all those reasons, 
Like, I find it very hard to believe you'd run into a situation where any of those guys, Brown, Tatum, or Beal, are unhappy with their role at any point. Yeah, I think so. The last thing I'll say on Bradley Beal before we move forward is, Sam, you mentioned fit. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to hear this, but personally, I think if Bradley Beal were to go anywhere, the best fit would probably be the 76ers. Right. Oh, I mean, everyone's right, best fit is Philadelphia because they've had a team with a horrible fit the, the last couple of years and they've still <laughs> but, been all right. But Beal with Embiid is just I think would be one of the best duos in the NBA. Uh, like that scoring with that post so, presence. You could also argue the heat. Team? Oh, I, who, I don't know. I, I don't know who would be the could point be guard Beal. for that team. They'd have to they figure something to. out. Yeah, and well, I don't, I don't think they'd have to at that point. You, you figure something out. Maybe you, re- you bring back T.J. McConnell. You, you, you figure Hill. something out in free agents. Yeah, George Hill's still on the team. Is that, Jack, well, is that what you want? Shake George, George Hill is still on that team, right? Like, he can run point guard. He's not uh, bad. No, and I, if no, you have I a chance to get Bradley Beal, I think, I think it's the best. I think it is a good fit, and I think it would be interesting for the Sixers if they said, you know what, for a lot of reasons, one, to keep him away from Boston for at least a year, two, because we're – not we're a little iffy on the market for Ben Simmons like and three because we just we want to improve our team this way like I think for a lot of reasons for Philly it's like yep we'll give up Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal and we'll try to see what it's like and and see what we can do and then hey if if Beal you know doesn't resign we still have another max slot next to Embiid so nothing lost nothing gained we traded Simmons and we got Beal back and whatever and we'll try to go in free agency and try to try another guy that does want to play with Embiid so I think it is interesting for some reasons. I don't necessarily know if it would work out, but that's fun. Another team I want to talk about, because you already mentioned the Warriors, and they're a team that theoretically could wait till after the draft, but like really would love to do it before the draft because uh, it's kind of like what we've always said about the Celtics picks. Once you make those picks, the asset is less valuable, no matter what happens. Like You could go ahead and say, who do you own, Washington? We don't, who would you pick if this, if this was you? Who would you want? And pick those guys and just wait on it. Um, if you really, really wanted to, if you thought a trade wasn't going to happen until a month from now, but even then, you know, they see him in summer league. They, the, 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 you know, it's just once you get rid of that pick and once it becomes an actual tangible asset, it's less valuable. You know, it's like driving a used car off the lot or a new car off the lot, whatever people say. Okay. So I, I've never bought a car. Um, so anyway, the, 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 uh, the thing with the Warriors that's interesting though, is that they basically, I, there were reports from the, the Woj and Low thing that they did that those guys uh, the, the Warriors were only going to trade the 7th and 13th pick and give up a big package like that that maybe involved Wiseman and all the stuff if they were getting Bradley Beal. That's the that's their prize. That's who they have their eye on. That's their only target. And I was thinking, like, man, if you're the Warriors, like, doesn't that feel a little bit like you're uh, you're putting all your eggs in one basket? You know, it's kind of like if I'm Golden State, Bradley Beal still feels like a question mark of if he's even going to get moved at all at this point. To me, I I still would be targeting Ben Simmons. Like I think Ben Simmons works on that team, man. I really, really do. Like if uh, I get the problem with Ben Simmons is that he doesn't shoot. Who better to put him with than two of the best shooters of all time? When that's the case, you know he can just be out there, you know, showing off his passing ability and setting up those guys, and he can basically transition Draymond Green out of his role and go into that Draymond Green role and play it better than Draymond Green in some some areas. So I think that for a lot of those reasons, the Warriors make the most sense. They have the perfect mentor in Draymond Green. They have the perfect situation with the shooting. And I feel like if I was Golden State, I get holding out for Beal. I think that would be 
potentially better, but I think Simmons also fits so well with their team that that's a move they should not be turning their nose up at. They shouldn't be like, no, no, we don't want Ben Simmons no matter what. That's not what we're interested in. They should be one of the teams, to me, around the league that should actually be in on him. Yeah, I, I think it's possible. I think like the Timberwolves and stuff like that will be in on Ben Simmons too. I've heard the Kings are trying to go after Simmons as well, but the the Sixers want uh, De'Aaron Fox and got laughed at by Sacramento, which fair enough. I also heard, we don't have to get into in depth about this, that the 76ers offered the Raptors a trade. Uh, they were going to give them Ben Simmons in exchange for Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananobi, and pick four. And the Raptors swiftly said no, because that is a horrendous. A horrendous well, so hold on. trade. What, what was it besides Lowry and four? What else was it? OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet. No, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would say, like, I think, though, the idea that Simmons for a sign-and-trade for Lowry and four, like, that's interesting, and I don't know if it can work um, mechanically with how free agency is going to work out in the draft and all this stuff, but mm-hmm. I do like that because I, th- I think a sign-and-trade for Lowry makes sense and I, I might be one of the few people that think so, but I actually don't – like, I think Simmons is still worth a considerable amount. I still like yeah, Simmons. I, I still agree. think he's an all-star. At the very least, you're getting a high, high-level defender. Like, I, I think that Simmons' trade market should be – like, some of these teams at the top of the draft that have high picks, they shouldn't be, you know, wa- wavering or, or too uh, worried about giving up that pick. Like, if you're Cleveland, like, I think the top three, there's clearly a hierarchy in the top three. So, like, I probably wouldn't give up a top three pick for him. But after that, like – once it gets to the, the, those next few guys, like I, the, the Magic, I, I, you know, we talked about Jack and um, some of these other teams, I wouldn't mind giving up my pick for Simmons. Like I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't hate it either. If if the Celtics had any sort of asset, uh, I wouldn't mind trading for Ben Simmons for the Celtics. I think he'd be a fine point guard or even power forward. But anyways, we we can move forward. This isn't exactly Celtics related, but the first trade of the offseason, you know, the official offseason went down. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, pick ten. Uh, to the Grizzlies for Jonas Valanciunas in pick 17. There were some rumblings, you know, Marcus Smart for Bloodsoe in 10. That's the trade I wouldn't have hated. Uh, I know, Sam, you don't love it. I but would have hated it. I would have been very upset. <laughs> what a block Besides bug. the point, but... Eric Bloodsoe, block <laughs> and, and I mean, we don't want to disrespect Kemba Walker, but I get what you're saying. The actual the actual offseason, you know, once the finals are over and everything. Yeah, like yeah. Right. Yeah, Nobody's yeah. playing anymore. Of course. Yeah. So, first trade of, you know, the, the post-finals offseason, I'll, yeah. I'll dub it. Uh, went through. Do you guys have any thoughts on it? Again, not exactly Celtics related, but I think it's a pretty even move for both sides. I think, you know, the Pelicans come out probably slightly better than the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies are going to flip Eric Bledsoe from what I've been seeing. So it, it'll depend well, on what they get for him, but still. Yeah, I guess they could flip him. I mean, I feel like I, I'd be interested if they would be forced to buy him out, but I suppose that's the plan, know, at least. You, it says he's, yeah. If you could, I, I suppose, I don't know what George Hill's contract is exactly, but I suppose, I mean, we heard Philly, so that could Ten be mil. a possibility. Yeah, Ten so I, they, they have to throw something else in there to match it, but that could certainly be a possibility. But, it, like, the Sixers probably would have to wait on that because they're trying to wait and see on Lowry, you know? So they're they're trying to see if they can get secure him first. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I think that you, you said the Pelicans come out a little better. I think maybe that's fair. I also think that from the Pelicans' perspective, it's still a little disappointing because you traded a first-round pick for Stephen Adams. Yes. And you brought, and you hoped that in the Drew Holiday trade that Eric Bledsoe could be a little bit more than he was. So yeah. even though you know with the state they're in now, you say, oh yeah, hey, you know what? Because they the idea was you might have to move the tenth pick just to get rid of Bledsoe's contract. And they they you know what they ended up doing? They ended up getting 
probably an upgraded center with the Stephen Adams. Oh, Jones. yeah. Oh, yeah. Center. And they only moved down seven spots in the draft. So for those reasons, you look at that and you say, hey, that's that's kind of a win. But because of the the what we know in the context of what the idea was last season, to me, I still look at them and I'm like, that's, you know, that's that's a tough move that you're going to a tough pill to swallow uh, with how everything went down there. Yeah, Jack, remember we talked about the Pelicans not long ago when I was bitching about Zion complaining about yeah. being there, and you said, yes. um, you know, they were, like Stephen Adams terrible. is not a good fit. Exactly. So so here we are now. This is this is where we see where Zion's money's at because you've got a guy that can shoot now. He's not going to be yes, clogged with paint. So you're going to have a little bit of let's see what we got here with the Pelicans I, yeah. for their sake, I hope they keep Lonzo around. It makes sense now. They seem like they should be in on him. They got I, rid of their other they, guard. They have other hopes. I think they're, oh, the well, report is they're true. targeting they're targeting Lowry. That's the idea right now. Lowry, they want he's, they want Lowry there. But no one who who's the last guy that signed in New Orleans that's like worth <laughs> anything. God, uh, I, I could I could not tell you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. So. Uh, if we're not counting like re-signings, like you know Ingram or Holiday or any of this stuff, like it's it gets pretty ugly. Like JJ Redick, like is you know it's like that's what he got traded know, there, didn't he? No, he, he wants to probably try and win again before he retires. He's not going to be waiting for Zion to get at his peak and these other guys to get at their peak. They should have a decent team in theory. Zion's a solid player. Ingram was an all-star. They'll contend for this for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, like they should be better than they were this year. Um, but I don't know if Lowry, if that's enticing, like Philly would be for him. Yeah, I agree. Being a Philly guy, for, I think he's Philly. I know he went to yeah, Illinois. Yeah, he is. But he's, I think he's from Philly guy. as well. Yeah, uh, I think. have heard the Lakers yeah. stuff too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you go DeRozan and, you know, Lowry want to play for the Lakers. Yeah, everybody, everybody <laughs> Always wants the Lakers. To play for the Lakers. Yeah, everybody, everybody wants to play for the Lakers until they if don't. You ask, yeah, if you ask the Lakers daily, everybody wants to play for the Lakers or whatever, the, you know, whatever, whatever. Lakers got Lake Show, whatever. Uh, you name a player, they have a Photoshop. Yeah, uh, but, it, you know, it, it feels to me that the most uh, logical place and the place that I would probably say Lowry's going to end up is Philly. Like, it seems like if he's leaving Toronto, it makes the most sense with everything going on there for him to say, you know, I if I can work out a sign and trade, and, and for me, like, if I'm uh, the, the Sixers, you, you pretty much have to do everything you can not to include uh, – Ben Simmons in that deal like you need to get Flowery in there and then flip Ben Simmons for something else like that because that's okay. what, and I know what you're gonna I know you're gonna maybe disagree with that Jack but to me what I, would I would say they can't do, afford it I don't think they can afford it to not send they out Simmons. have to find a way to like they so you, the first thing you include is George Hill do they have any I mean I guess I guess you still have Tobias Harris around exactly Lowry, like to me I still think that the 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 hopeful the thing I would be hopeful to do is get another asset for Simmons and Hey, maybe, you know what, maybe you can trade Simmons and uh, Simmons for Lowry and four, and then try to flip four for something else or something along those lines. Like that could be what you have your sights on. But I I guess if that's the only financial way it works, what you just have to do if you're the Sixers is you take Lowry in, you take four, you draft who you, whoever you can get in that range. And you just hope that that guy ends up being a star that you can, put next to Embiid and Harris after Lowry, you know, kind of ages out of his prime in one to two years. And then, you know, Harris is going to be, you know, not exactly on the, the right side of his prime either. But, um, you know, I guess if you want another good player uh, back in return, 
that's what you have to do. It would still be a tough pill to swallow for me to be like, that's what I'm getting for Simmons, like a free agent that, it, you know, the Raptors were going to lose anyway. And, and four, which is not bad, but it's like, that guy's not going to help me win now. Like, that's that's tough. It, it is tough, but the report is Lowry wants three years, $90 million, which is a lot of money for a 35-year-old point guard. And he wants that much? Yeah, he wants 30 million. You think you'd be like report. taking less money at this point? Especially hey man, if, he wants if to the win. money's there, if the money's there no, and the I, teams I, are willing I, to offer, I understand. It just depends where the guys. I mean, he's won a title, so maybe he yeah. does just want to get paid. But I feel like so, at this point of your career, you'd rather be competing. And there okay, are teams so, willing to pay him. So, so hold on. So if you're Philly and you can get him to take like like four in four and a hundred, okay, like the Horford deal, or whatever it was, you know, if you can get him to take something like that. Can you then ship, like, uh, I guess not. They really have no contracts. Is Danny Green a free agent, too? Yeah. Yes, he okay, is. Yeah. And the not, they have nothing. Like, maybe if they... It's tough. Maybe if they signed and traded Danny Green with it, like, and does, uh, you know, it's it's just, like, yeah, it's it's it gets to be pretty difficult. And then at that point, like, if you're mm-hmm. the Raptors, you're like, why do I want one year and 15 million of Danny Green? Like, why am I doing yep. this you? You know? Exactly. So it's like... Yeah, it is. It is tough without Simmons in there. I, you know, it's just, man, that is, uh, that is, that is pretty unfortunate if that has to end up working out that way. But I still think that Philly's probably the most logical place for him to end up. I just don't think, like financially, that he can get there unless they include Simmons. And I don't know if they're willing to include Simmons. It is the bigger issue. I think. Miami is possible because they can create the cap space. I don't think they can create enough cap space, but I, I think Philly can create even less is the issue. I think the Mavericks is possible. I think the Knicks is possible, but at that point, you're not competing for a championship. At least in Philly or Miami, he's, he's got a chance to make a deep run in the East. If you go to Dallas, you know, Luka takes that next step. Maybe you got a chance in the West, but the West is stacked. The Knicks, let's be real, they're not competing for a championship next year. That's just how it is. New Orleans is a sleeper team for the playoffs, but he's not going to win a chip there. So it, it really does matter, like you said, Sam, where his priorities lies uh, when it comes to this offseason. But uh, my favorite the, the, is the guys that that want like the big amount of money like that, and then yeah. I mean maybe not Lowry, but let's say like Beal, like Beal makes the bag too, right? And yeah. they're like he doesn't have enough help. Well, like maybe not in Beal's case because a lot of like Kevin Love. Since he signed. I mean like like Kevin Love when he signed. No, well that nobody says contract. he doesn't have any help, but like. Guys, they say, oh, this guy doesn't have any help. Take a pay cut so they can bring in more people. It's very simple. And I, by, I the way, reference- by the way, if, if the Raptors can pull that off, like, I, and I've been, this, I've been on this train for a while. Like, the Raptors, the whole Raptors thing, like, they, they're in a good spot for next season. And I, I've yeah. seen some people saying they're in a, a bit too good of a spot. Like, I think I saw some Bleacher Report ranking of, like, the current powerings of all the team and the Raptors were, like, eighth, like, ahead of, like, the Warriors and stuff. And I was like, no, like, that is way too high. It was way, way too high. But I will say, like, the Raptors are primed to get right back into the playoffs and be, like, a top six seed next year. Because to me and, – and what they do with Lowry and, you know, how they what they get back and everything like that is going to play into it. But if you get Simmons in this sign-and-trade and your lineup next season is Simmons, Van Fleet, Ananobi, Siakam, Boucher – that is a good lineup. That is really good. And Van Fleet is like just the type of guard you would want next to Simmons. Do they have enough shooting? Maybe, probably around Simmons there. It's it's close. I mean, Van Fleet's the only real like great shooter they have there. But with Simmons and Siakam as your stars, 
and Van Fleet is that other, you know, other star, the third guy there. Like, that's not bad, man. That is pretty good, especially considering, like, everything that went wrong for them this season, having to play in Tampa. Like, that's really underrated in what it really forced them into and the competitive disadvantage it put them at. So coming back to Toronto, especially because you know, it, and if they if they're able even able to come back to Toronto, because I don't know what the situation is, because I know the Blue Jays still aren't playing there. You they're they're supposed they're to be back to, soon, Toronto, yeah. I think. Well, yeah, you would hope that that's, that's going to be the case. And if, if it is, like, you know, if there's fans in the building at all, if they're starting to allow that, you know that's going to be electric and, like, they're going to be so happy to have the Raptors back and it's just going to be this, like, coming home season where it's, like, mm-hmm. everybody's just fired up for it. And I personally, I think that the Raptors are poised, if they play this right, to have a really nice bounce-back season next year. I agree. I agree. I'm looking forward to it. I feel bad they have to play in Tampa. No one should have to play in Tampa. That's... That's it's not very fun, but uh, Tampa, uh, two, two title winning teams Tampa this year. Bay. Yeah, come on, Tampa hey, Bay, whatever. Tom Brady, and all those guys. <laughs> whatever. Uh, I want to speed run through this next rumor so we can get into a couple draft uh things for the Celtics to cap off the show. Shag Gildas Jack, Alexander, wants to talk about second round picks, Sam. That's what he wants us to. to, to hey, to, the draft Jack, is on Jack, We have wanted to. the Celtics <laughs> to get rid of picks the whole season and not draft anybody young, and now he wants back in the draft. At this point, though, you got to fill out the roster, right? I'd rather have a new rookie than Carson point, Edwards. We'll oh, no, I agree. I, than Carson Edwards, yeah. We'll talk about him later, Jack. All right, get new, what do you want to talk about now? Uh, the Shea rumors. What? Have what? Heard you haven't heard this? I have not. I have they're, not been on Twitter, though, actually. They're so, rumored to be as if I'm a listener. willing to trade Shea Gilgis-Alexander is yeah. basically so, what I've been hearing. And they made they an want. offer. They made an offer. They offered six and Shea to the Pistons for one, and the Pistons said no. And they said so, no. They said no. They must really people really like Cade, but I don't know. I feel like if I'm the Pistons, I might do that because you're only moving down five spots. It depends. I mean, Cade could be a generational talent yeah, from what so, everyone says, so, but I feel like every year the number one pick's supposed to be. Maybe so not. A couple year, of but. things. The first thing I would say, and this was Jack Fisher that reported this, right? That's his name, Jack Fisher. Jake or Fisher, Jake, yeah. Jake Fisher, right? Jake Fisher, and Jake Fisher quietly becoming like. One of the names in NBA reports. Yeah. Right? Like, all of a sudden, Bleacher Report's elevating this guy, and you're like, where did this guy come from? And you're like, Jake Fisher. This happened like a few months ago that you're like, Jake Fisher, who's this guy? Bleacher Report? It's like, oh. And then all of a sudden, these last like two months, it's been like he's dropping story after story, and you're like, who is this guy? Who is this kid? Um, but, you know, so so he's he's become a player in the, in the reporting game. But as far as the, the stuff with, uh, with Shea specifically, it it has been interesting, and I've I've gotten to you know I've, I, you guys know I talk a lot with the Pistons guys and all, all that stuff over there. So it to me it just feels like I, I understand Shea is really talented right now and really good, but it feels like the sense I get from the Pistons guys is that they're still significantly far away and setting back the timeline three years, which is what you would be doing if you traded for Shea because of where he is on his rookie contract to them isn't where their team is at right now is not what their team needs and Cade Cunningham's ceiling is probably still higher than Shay's so like for a lot of reasons it feels like that's why you would want it, want Cade rather than Shay for you know the it's kind of like uh kind of like that whole you know, that old uh, family guy uh you know bit or whatever where it's like uh you know, a, 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 a boat is a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. You know how much we want one of those. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> hey, it could be anything. It could even be Shagel this Alexander. Like, you know, so right. uh, which, so it's a little bit of fool's gold, but it's also just like hope springs eternal. You know, you're going to hope Kate Cunningham's a generational talent and he can be 
you're the guy that takes you to a championship. And that you have that hope if you hold on to the number one pick. If you trade for Shea, realistically, I think we can probably all agree that like Shea goes Alexander, very good player, really, really good, not leading you to a championship. Like he's not going to be that guy at any point in his career. And like if mm-hmm. he is, then guess what, Shea? Put this on your mixtape after you win your title, finals MVP, like put me on there, you know, like let, let me hear that audio bump, whatever. But uh, put put me on the highlight tape and the the uh, you know tape of the calling everybody out. But yeah, it, so to me, that's why you wouldn't do it if you're the Pistons. It is funny because a few weeks ago, and I don't know, if, I think it was James Edwards at the Athletic, if I remember right, was uh, he was the one that floated that kind of trade out there, not saying it was reported, I don't think, but saying like just hypothetically, would you do six and Shay? Who says no for six and Shay to Detroit for number one? And like. Both fan bases were livid at him. There's like, they were both like, there's no way we would do that. There's no chance. And then, and then it culminated from the fans being mad at the trade, saying there's no way we would do that, to the fans being mad at each other for saying they wouldn't do the trade that neither of them wanted to do. So it was yeah. like a whole mess. But uh, yeah, the, I mean, if I was the Pistons and I, would, I was offered six and Shea, I'd have a really, really tough time saying yes. I think just for, the like I said, just for the chance that Kate is like this all time prospect, you just can't afford to do it. You know what I mean? You just can't you can't afford to take the risk of trading away someone that could end up being someone that gets into the Hall of Fame one day. Like I know that's lofty to put on him this early in his career, but it's just too risky. Yeah. It, it's tough. I mean, it would – the only logical explanation I could see for doing it is, okay, we'll run Killian Hayes at the one still. We still believe in him. We run Shea at the two. You got Sadiq Bey, Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart, and then you take what? Uh, who's available at six? Kuminga, you know, James yeah. Booth Knight. You, you got someone there. I, I agree with you, though. I think it, it's tough to do. And, Sam, if you want to comment, I will say the reason uh, Shea they're, – they're trying to shop Shea is they don't want to pay him. That's that's the reasoning behind it, which makes sense because they don't have anybody yeah. around him to want to give him money. He's just going to sit there and then eventually bitch and he wants out. No, Sam Presti just wants to accumulate assets forever. You know, he's like the soup. He's like the super Danny Ainge. He just he right. only wants picks. He literally just he wants no players and all picks. Um, but no, I say that jokingly. But I think that, hey, if he um, if he wants all the Celtics picks, he can have them. I'll, I'll take Shea if you want yeah. all the Celtics picks, but, right? Um, <laughs> I would I would but, love to have Shea. The thing about Killian Hayes and, and Shea versus Killian Hayes, Kate Cunningham, like it's kind of like the same thing either way. You're talking about two ball yeah, dominant guards yeah. either way. So it's, you know, I don't think there's much of an equation there. Um, but I do think that the, the whole idea of the Thunder trading Shea in the first place is like maybe they're just trying to see what they can get. Like that's what they made it sound like. Because in the story, it did say like it would take a lot to get him. And he, he said, you know, it would take a fucking lot to get him. That's what the executive reportedly said. So it sounds like, yeah, we're shopping Shea. Give us your entire roster. Like, give us anything of value you remotely have, and we'll maybe give you Shea. Like, that's what it sounds like more to me. It's not like, hey, yeah. let's, we were trying to take, trade this guy. It's like, let's just see what his market is. And, like, can, yeah, we, which is can fair. we Yeah, can we get something we deem as more valuable? Those sound like the kind of trades the Celtics get offered when, yeah. when they yeah. try and trade for somebody <laughs> that's not Fournier. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And speaking of trades, uh, Sam, I think you'll find this quote entertaining. Uh, KJ, you alluded to the Woj and Lowe show earlier. Quote from Woj is to let the Lakers have literally offered Kyle Kuzma and KCP to almost every team I've talked to in the league. Uh, I thought I just thought that was hilarious. I just think that's super funny. He said 
He said every GM he talked to has been offered some combination of Kuzma and KCP or one or the other, and they've all said no. And um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty hilarious. Um, but hey, yeah. I, I will say if if the deal was Tristan Thompson for either one of them, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I, I'm just gonna put that out there. I, I think the issue is the offer they probably offered Brad Stevens was okay. We'll give you these two. You give us Tristan Thompson and Marcus Smart, and I think you laughed in their face. If I had to guess, imagine, right? imagine them thinking they could get Marcus Smart for those guys. Exactly, I agree. I agree with you there. Jeez, but I will man. say, KCP, great defender, great shooter. Love to have him on the Celtics. Same oh, thing yeah. With Kuzma, I mean, he'd be a fit. He'd be a 3 and D guy, the guy <laughs> I, we've been begging for. I'd love Kuzma, too. I've said this multiple times. He's not, He doesn't play defense as much. But you still get some shooting, some scoring off the bench. I think either one of them or both of them would fit. I just don't think the Celtics have the assets that the Lakers are looking for in return, unfortunately. But well, I, I just thought that, that was a funny quote. Get that clutch train working, man. Get LeBron and Thompson. It's like, come on, man. You know you want Tristan Thompson back. They need to keep the clutch guys away from the Celtics. I I don't want Rich Paul anywhere near this team. (laughs) I think he needs to have to take a step back, to be honest with you. He has too much power. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, wrapping up the show. Uh, I got to talk about draft guys. I know you got Thursday. Of course you you want. It is Thursday. We got to do it. We'll talk briefly about the Celtics, maybe a little bit about the lottery. Um, Chris Grenham, uh, just reported, uh, Forbes, Forbes sports writer. Wow. That's, that's not easy to say. Uh, Celtics had two separate pre-draft workout groups today. A few of the names were Austin Reeves, Luca Garza, LJ Figueroa, Javante Smart, Ethan Thompson, Alan Griffin, Drew Smith, Chandler Vaudrin. I have heard of two of them. I have heard of two of them, right? Chandler Vaudrin? No, what? Oh, my gosh. I've heard of two of them. Uh, Austin Reeves is someone, Sam, I know you've heard me say. Reeves, they've been – I've – been seeing Reeves all over the place with the South. There's another guy too. I I keep seeing there's mutual interest. I don't remember what the guy's name is. Jason Preston. Oh, Nigel Hayes. You're probably seeing that he, guy. Yeah. Him. He's not in the draft. He's an overseas player. They could look to sign as a rough spot. He's not a prospect. <laughs> I, I honestly like the overseas guys. They're, they're two played, for three on those. He played at Wisconsin, went overseas and he's going to come back. So he's not an actual overseas. He's like the, the Brad Wanamaker mold basically. Um, Austin Reeves, I've said it multiple times, Sam, you got the receipts. If we got to go back, I've, yeah, I've brought I've said him up. Austin Reeves, I thought he was AJ Reeves from PC every time you said him. Then I saw a picture of him. They look very different. <laughs> uh, Luca Garza played at Iowa. You I know can who remember, that is. remember his name from our friend Danny raving about him. That he, I know he'd love it. Um, other names not on this list that I would like. Jason Preston uh, out of Ohio, I think would be good. Um, I also like Miles McBride, but I don't think he will fall. Again, we don't have to spend too much time on the Celtics. Are there any names you've seen or even care about, KJ, for the second round? Or are you just, you know, over it? Um, I mean, look, I, I'm just not going to invest too much in the second round. I just think, you know, whoever they take, whether it's another Yam Mater or it's, you know, Simeone, whoever, you know, it, it's going to take some time to see anyway. So, like, the first round I can dig my teeth into. But by the time the second round, it kind of gets into, like, eye of the beholder territory and – you know, there's a chance you you strike gold there. It's just like a one in thirty chance. It's like well, there's one guy and nobody knows who it's going to be every single year who's like you know roughly on average. You know, and hey, I'm just looking this up. T- um, ton of second rounders then, last year were great. That's all I'm saying. And I, I will like I don't even know what I'll do. I'll like I, 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 we'll, we'll discuss the terms later. But I'll give you guys something. If any of you can tell me who the best forty fifth overall pick in history is. According to this ranking, I looked. Oh at. gosh, is it? Can we get like a, a decade they played in? Do we get any sort of help? 
here. Um, no. No. God, I mean, not. I know, I know, Jokic was second round. I know Ginobili was second round. Um, so I'll go with Ginobili, but I don't actually know. I just know he was a second round pick. Well, Sam, anything? What, any guesses? What pick was Tony Parker? Tony Parker, ah. I think, end of the first round. Yeah. Oh, end of the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck me, I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Dude, I don't uh, even know who's in this year's draft. Never. I mean, I, <laughs> I I should have a better chance at the other forty-five picks. I don't know numbers, man. I'll tell you the best last pick was. Um, Bob. <laughs> of course Dandridge. you were. Bob, Bob Dandridge. Dandridge I do know the name. Sixty-nine. Oh no. Uh, and apparently, what I'm telling, what what I'm reading here was in 1969 was round four. Um, was the 45th pick in the fourth round of the NBA draft. So I mean, yeah, that's that's what you're looking at is. Uh, and I, I get this is silly to like, oh, you know, but um, yeah, what, is it, what is it now? 52 years since uh, since someone worthwhile has been drafted with the 45th pick, essentially. So, uh, ah, yeah, that's, that's cap. Cool. I just Googled. I've got some good names for you. I've got some quality names for you at 45. Uh, okay. I got I got Dylan Brooks. Right. Okay. Not terrible. Marcus okay. Thornton, your favorite guy. Leads oh, Celtic. which one? <laughs> I know I'd get you with that one. There's I two I'd of them. Which one, one is it? The one that actually Celtic. played for the Celtics or the one the that they never actually played? Okay. Marcus Thornton. Marcus Thornton. I don't know. Uh, Dwight okay. Powell uh, also played for the Celtics. Uh, Goran Dragic. You know, they're not they're not great names. All I'm saying is there is a Dragic was get quite, a quite the trick last postseason. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, by Brian Russell or Byron Russell, if you want to get into players oh, that way, had their career ended. But I, I'm just saying, I, I like the, I, I love the draft. I'm a big draft guy. I'm spending most of my energy there on my Hornet side of things. You know, pick eleven because that's significantly more interesting. That but is, I, that I is the pick. You know, Jack, well. listen, Jack, I agree with you. You want to talk my year like Josh Giddy? You go for it. But once you get to the second round, man, like love I Josh stop Giddey. listening. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Everybody loves Josh Giddy. Love me some Josh Giddy. You know? That's but, the um, guy. yeah, that, that's all the, the draft stuff I had for today. I will say a few more names just throw out there, not draft free agent names, excuse me, Shams reporting James Ennis and Jermichael Green. Both are going to be free agents this summer. Both are going to receive interest uh, from teams. Both are guys. I would love the Celtics to target. Uh, last thing I want to say also, before we wrap up here, miles Turner again, really like, well, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the Miles Turner rumors at this point. Doesn't I don't think they need him, point. but at the same time, if the Celtics wanted to do Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, Tristan Thompson for Brogdon and Turner, you uh, could convince me. Brogdon. You could, you could convince me is all I'm saying. You, you, you could, you could make an argument there uh, that I'd be willing to do that. But um, yeah, that's all I had for today. Is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up before we KJ, you know, what have you been doing to keep busy with, with no basketball? We didn't, we didn't make that oh, regular you know, thing until we started having real things. Look, I mean, KJ is a busy guy. He does other stuff than basketball, too. So, Right. I mean, so, I mean, obviously, like I said, I'm be traded line stuff's been happening. Uh, it's just I'm waiting for NFL training camp to really get going. Um, I will say that ba- basketball not being on is – if you had made me pick, I would want basketball to be on. But when it's not, it's just like, man, I have so much more free time. Yep, yeah. Yes. basketball. Like, I can go, you know, I can, like, actually enjoy my nights. I can actually work out and not sit around and eat, you know, potato chips or whatever all day. It's like I have time to do other things. So I'm like, I, I, I have some free time here. I can do stuff. But um, so it's it's enjoyable. Obviously, it's been, like, it's also look, and I, I'm not saying, like, I don't want to woe is me. Like, I'm just, like, the NBA players. But, like, I I mean, it's been a grind for, for the, the NBA stuff, too, because it's, like, we've had games from – you know, the bubble to 
then uh, you know jump from the bubble end of the bubble you get the two you know two month break and then it was right back to games so like you know i'm getting ready for a little bit of a break here um just have to you know set my uh, alarm for you know 6 a.m to watch team usa but other than that uh you know who even cares who even cares about team usa come on at least my nights are free you know that's the only good thing but hey I, i i mean jack knows this uh el francais whatever la francais yeah let's go france yeah, i was on yeah. i was on the bandwagon before <laughs> the win jack knows and um yeah. you know I, I was just i was so happy to see grishan yabuselli warm my heart to see him out there making hustle plays <laughs> winning plays. also celtic to celtic connection you got fournier with the big three to, oh, to yeah. put him ahead i i mean yeah. poor celtics he just made himself more valuable trade the, trade the house for bradley beal and bring back Warshan Yabaselli, baby. That's all I'm saying. That's, <laughs> that's all you need. There you go. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, KJ, for joining us once again. Uh, you guys can follow us at Bannertown USA. You can follow me at Jackson Money NBA. You can follow KJ at by KJ Doyle. And before we wrap up, before we throw it to Sam, KJ, is there anything, any last words, anything you want to say before we Any last here? words? Last um, words. <laughs> Uh, go team France, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're really, we're really <laughs> taking home this year. Uh, I know Jack, uh, Jack's gotta be feeling some type of way. Sent Jack a DM after team USA lost, did not respond to me. Didn't have, that's didn't what have that was. I didn't even clock didn't what that gift was about. Jack, a big Patriot. He, he is, um, Sam, he I wakes up to Sam the, and Jack, you are not allowed to either, but I'm just saying there is, right. there is something that Jack and I have that involves Team USA and the Olympics that oh. is a, an outstanding, um, uh, you know, sort of, uh, I don't want to say uh, exactly, but it, 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 there is there is something that we have that at stake, let's say. Perhaps a, a Danny Hanley-type situation. I cannot, yeah. say, I cannot disclose, but let's just say that uh, I was feeling pretty good seeing Team USA lose. I was like, yeah, you know, it's all, it's all coming together. But, uh, yeah, go Team France. Hey, uh, I'm I'm just Jason Tatum just gotta step it up. Hey, hey, I will say though, no he matter didn't what play happens, the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I will say no matter what happens, if Luka Doncic wins the Olympics, I will not care about losing anything because that would be so entertaining to watch. But anyways, Sam, you can go ahead and, and wrap us Jack, up. Today. Jack, I, I hate to say this, I hate to give this much away. I'm not going to. You know what? I'm not going to. I'm not going to say. I'll save it. I'll hold back. I'll restrain myself. Go go ahead, Sam. Wrap us up. Okay. Yeah. Big thanks to KJ for coming on. We we had uh you know another quarter of the pregame team on last week with Tim. We had to get KJ on for the pre-draft special with Jack with his second round shenanigans. Uh like Jack said, you can follow KJ at by KJ Doyle on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to the Wicked Smart Guys podcast that is KJ's. Uh Jack was on there not long ago. So give that a listen. Guy Boston Sports is always very good to Jack and I. Uh, we're partnered, of course. Um, yep, that's our show for today. Bye.